Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Today is July the 21st. It's the 129th day of the virus. And we are in a story in 2 Kings, which is shedding light on a story in Luke chapter 4. But in 2 Kings, we are surprised because salvation has come to the unexpected, to the non-Jew, to an enemy of the house of Israel, to an undeserved person. And we've been wrestling with the offense, if you will, of who is sovereign over salvation. Of course, I think I should be and choose the right people and choose who's in the family of God. And that's usually just like people like just like me. And this story throws that on its ear. And we find Naaman, a, a prominent Syrian, come visit Israel with leprosy and... The Lord asks him, him to do something a little crazy, go wash in the river seven times. He's offended by this and eventually comes around and he ends up with the skin of a little child in healing. So he's grateful and he wishes to give uh, the prophet Elisha a present. And uh, Elisha says, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, so he realizes he's accountable to the Lord, I will receive none of it. So uh, they discuss a theological matter about it, his job that he has to do in 518. And then the start of the story here today is Naaman uh, is going to go back home to Syria. So he's on his way. He says, uh, verse 19, he said to him, go in peace. And he's off. But when Naaman had gone from him a short distance, Gehazi a servant of Elijah, perhaps he's the same servant who sent the message to uh, Naaman saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored. Maybe he's the same God. My question is how many servants does Elisha have? So Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God said, see, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian in not accepting from his hand what he brought. Spared him from payment, essentially. And then he makes this vow. This is this is the bad mental part of the story. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and, and get something. So we know that Naaman is willing to give stuff. His healing prophet, Elisha, says, nope, I'm not going to take anything. But his servant Gehazi says, well... I can probably manipulate this situation. So Gehazi follows Naaman, and when Naaman saw someone running after him, he got down from his chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? So he rattles Naaman. And Naaman's riding a chariot, by the way, which is uh, a very expensive and high-tech piece of equipment at the, at the time. Verse 22, and he said, All is well. My master has sent me to say, this is a lie now, makes up the story. There have just now come to me from the hill country of Ephraim, two men of the sons of the prophets. Please give them a talent of silver and two changes of clothing. So for those historian type people, you can go to museums here today and you can find gold and you can find silver and you can even find uh, uh, palaces and you can find art. But the one thing you can't find in museums from uh, thousands of years ago is clothing. Clothing is very valuable. 
because it was very difficult to make um, and you had to loom every single fiber, every single inch of it. So don't underestimate the cost of the clothing and the, the prominence of this part of the story. So he brings 10 changes of clothing uh, to pay for his leprosy healing. And then Gehazi says, well, I only, only want two of them here. He doesn't over ask, but he does ask. So he urged him to, and he tied up two talents of silver in two bags so Naaman says, please be, be pleased to accept two talents. And he urged him and tied up two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of clothing and laid them on two of his servants, and they carried them before Gehazi. So Gehazi returns now with the two talents of silver, the changes of clothing. He doesn't even carry them. Naaman's guys are carrying them until he comes uh, nearby. And when he came to, came to a hill... He took them from their hand and put them in the house, and he sent the men away, and they departed. So he thinks everything's great. He steals this from Naaman. He manipulates the, the situation, and he went and stood before his master, and Elijah said to him, Where have you been, Gehazi? And he says, Your servant went nowhere. Now he's lying to the prophet of God who sees everything. 26. But he said to him, Did not my heart go? when the man turned from his chariot to meet you. Was it a time to accept money and garments, olive orchard and vineyard, sheep and oxen, male servants and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he went out from his presence like a leper. So Gehazi has, shows great disrespect for the Lord's current object lesson about him being sovereign over salvation and including the Gentiles in this. He shows disrespect for the Lord himself and even, even makes an oath against the Lord. And then I think he makes the disrespect for the people of God. The, the New Testament talks extensively about the favor that uh, we are to have about for the people of God and, per, and perhaps even more so to the people who in the household of faith who are the weakest, who are the newest, who are the the most knuckleheady, and I think Naaman would probably qualify as that since he's been a been a believer for five seconds and doesn't know anything. Um, also for the sojourners, people that are foreigners, the Lord has a special heart for, and Gehazi violates all of this for wealth and status and valuables. So the Lord is Lord, he is sovereign, and the right response is supposed to be worship and proclamation and not wielding and uh, positioning himself and kind of stealing from it. We find Gehazi uh, a two-faced kind of a guy. Integrity is what you do when no one is looking. And of course, God is not mocked. So the offense here is that the first offense is that the salvation has come to the Gentiles and foreigners. But the second offense, which is so offensive to the people in Luke chapter 4, is not only is it good news for the Gentiles, it's also kind of bad news for the Jews, that judgment has come upon Israel, that justice and accountability and with the special favor that Israel has enjoyed over these uh, hundreds of years and this uh, presence of God and these, these ongoing lessons of God, they're supposed to be responding in a good way, and Gehazi does not, and gets judged for it, and then the 
the, the problem is not only is he judged, but like all his generations after him is going to be afflicted with this more severe judgment, and in his case, leprosy. So let us not presume, ladies and gentlemen, let us respond in great humility. Amen.